I was about $40,000 in debt. And I made a decision. I'm like, I'm going to sell all my stuff in Scottsdale and I'm going to go places for the next two years for like 90 days. Hi, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. It can be amazing. We can connect with our friends from high school and have deep relationships with people while you're all around the world, right? Like 30 years ago, that wasn't possible. My niece to be able to FaceTime her while I'm in Peru or like FaceTime my parents, right? Like, so there are absolutely amazing things we've turned into this global community. It also disconnects us right? Like what is our core purpose of being human? And some could say it's love. Some could say it's connection. One of the things that I've really been thinking about, like for the last five years since connection has been, say my word, love over the last 2000 years has been, for lack of a better term, like used to potentially kill people. Well, I'm doing this in the name of love. I'm serving my God and I'm doing this for love. And so, or like a parent goes to their kid, I'm only punishing you because I love you. And it's like, how does that make sense? Like you're punishing me because you love me. um, And so really the way that I look at it is I believe like the word for say the next 2000 years is going to be connection, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you and I, Trent are connected, we could label that as love. We could label that as joy. We could label that as whatever we want. Yeah, sure. We both know when we're connected. And that for me and like a lot of my work with entrepreneurs is we've become so connected to our work and disconnected from what makes us human, whether it's our bodies, whether it's our families and to really reset. And that for me, it's, it's why I wrote The Connection Effect. And, you know, how do we, and this goes back to like the question that you asked me, what was like the most pivotal moment, right? Like, because part of the connection, the main aspect is the connection that we have with ourselves, right? Like, are we doing those self-loving things? Are we journaling? Are we exercising? Are we eating well? And how, like, in order for me to connect to you, I have to be connected to myself. I do see where people pour into everyone else and leave nothing in the cup left for themselves, right? And there's that, wow, I wonder if people know I'm struggling, but they would never show that on the outside because when they're good, they're good at uh, connecting for others and they've kind of left themselves out of that connection. And so their health is waning, their mental health, their moral health, their, you know, their conditioning is dropping and it's all for others and it's alarming it's and i think it's dangerous let me jump into the from the four disciplines of execution uh chris mcchesney and sean covey had a quote in the book says winners when shown data that they are losing find a way to win so let's take you back to a little bit of your background that allowed you to overcome become one of the best 
at your craft, an author, you know, an influencer and all these uh, dynamics of executive leadership and in their lives. What was there a time that you were just down, up against it, losing, but you found a way to come back and win? Down, but not out. Talk to me about one of those examples. I mean, there may be a few, right, in our lives here along the way. Give me one good example for that for you. I've always been on top, Trent. Like, come on. Always. It's uh, been easy so, the whole way. Yeah, just, just gumbos, yeah, rainbows and, and gumdrops. So actually about two years ago, I'd ended a very serious uh, live-in relationship, had managed to leave a business partnership that was very successful and just like try different things and couldn't get things to work. I was about $40,000 in debt and I made a decision. I'm like, I'm going to sell all my stuff in Scottsdale and I'm going to go places for the next two years for like 90 days. And the first place that I went was Cincinnati, Ohio. So I bet like my friends like, yeah, just watch my kid for a couple hours, like after he gets out of school and I come home from work and you can live here for free. So I'm like, all right. So I didn't really have to pay rent. I was taking cash off of credit cards to pay other credit cards. So I was, you know, I managed to get myself $40,000 in debt and just like wasn't getting the results that I wanted and like was trying to start some communities and nothing was really taking off. So I ended up collaborating with one of my friends and running his mastermind. And in like three months, I paid off all my debt and really was one of those, those moments and points where it's like, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not have to do everything yourself and to really lean into others. That was a very interesting experience and allowed me to travel around the world for the last two years and you know pay off all my debt and work with have clients who are you know running billion dollar companies and you know other clients that are big name clients that have been able to help their businesses grow because I was made a different decision. I love that. What um, what do you think when you think, Gordy, about your superpower? What's the thing that separates you from others and catapults you to work with these top level folks? And what is that one thing that you think separates? One, it's a hundred things. Come on, I'm incredible. Uh, the, I almost want to say two, two things. Okay. One is to just be able to like really connect with people in a deep, meaningful way, like cutting across like the superficial aspects. And the other piece is helping them envision a bigger future for themselves. Okay. So let's take this first one. If I want that deep, authentic connection with people, and you can establish that quickly. Because you are an expert at that. What are some of the things I need to do? What are some of those things that I need to be able to do well to establish that? Besides take my phone out of my hand <laughs> and actually listen, eye contact. You know, what we call that is we call that, you know, in EO, we actually do this in mentorship, right? And so we call it solar listening. So what are some of those things that I need to do to connect well? Like you said, taking the phone off. And a large part is, and this goes back to Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people, is just like a genuine interest, right? And and asking meaningful questions or different questions instead of like, hey, how was your day? What are you most excited about? Or asking kind of like some from an employee perspective, right? It's like, hey, how can we improve? How can we get better? And I think this is a lot of leaders that I see, they don't necessarily lean on their teams to to solve some of these problems and like the teams are on the, on the ground level. So they know some of these, these problems that, that are happening. Right. So it's really just like genuinely being present and caring about people. And, and one of the questions that one of my friends gives me a hard time, it's like, instead of it's like, Hey, how are you? It's like, Hey, how are you Trent? Or like, how is Trent? Right. And yeah. even just 
asking that question gets you to check in a little bit different. And then like, you know, you could give me a little bit of a superficial answer and then it's like, Okay. No, really. How are you? I like the idea and, and this of is... using the name to personalize, right? Because how are you, Trent? How are you, Gordy? Like when you personalize it, because everyone says, hey, how are you? How are you? You know, that's a, it doesn't feel personalized. It doesn't feel like anyone really wants to know, right? You know, I think I've done that before where people say, hey, how are you? And I'm like, oh, well, my whole market's crashing and I'll probably be broke by five o'clock. Like, okay. Hey, good to see you. <laughs> like, right. Like, they don't really care. And that's ultimately like, how do you ask the question a little bit differently, right? And, and this goes back to like how the brain works, right? Like we're just so used to the same responses. And now just like, and this goes back to the social media and all the news, like we've become numb to a lot of things. It's part of being human is experiencing the ups and the downs, right? Like, and especially during COVID and kind of like mental health and we were talking about anxiety earlier, it's like, I might be able to help you see a different perspective, right? And, and another aspect is like, do these people really want help? Do they want to change? Or do they want to just watch 10 hours of Netflix tonight and, and be okay being addicted to that? Another addiction, right? So let's talk about your second superpower, which is you know creating that stretch of a vision, like what's possible. And maybe something even like I hadn't even considered myself. Talk about like for us that want, you know, something more. And we see that our potentials out there to do some things and influence others. And we're driven for that. What are some of the things we need to be thinking about to really stretch our vision for ourselves and our teams and our organizations? I think one aspect is really like how to just 10x. Right? Like I, I was talking to a client the other day and he just found out his, his wife is pregnant. And so he's working 70, 80 hours a week and scaled very quickly from two years ago, no employees to now 120 employees in two years, right? And yeah. so uh, we were like discussing, okay, how do you get your business down to 20 hours a week? So you can be present with your kid. You have basically seven months to do this. And so even that thought exercise versus... Like, okay, how do I go from 50 hours to 40 hours? Like, you're really not going to think differently. But if you have to basically remove yourself from your business, you're going to be thinking. Differently. And that's part of you know building that, that ideal future, right? It's like, what does your ideal future look like? And, and this is where we work with a lot of executives. And they're like, well, I just want to spend more time with my family. And it's like, but are your actions in alignment with that? Gordy, are you there? I think we lost you for a second. So you said, like, I think we lost you right when you said he's got the business, like, He's lying in bed thinking like, okay, how are we really going to do this? Like, you know, you're going to have a new family and he's already scaled like, phew, I mean, through the roof quickly. What's yeah. the vision? What's the mindset of someone in that situation? Yeah. So like the mindset is how do you basically remove yourself from your business? How do you go from 80 hours a week down to 20? And when you have to think through it from that perspective, you're going to come up with drastically different solutions than how do I go from 60 to 50 hours? What are the yes. pieces that yes. I can take off my schedule? You know, and, and this is goes back to like a lot of your work is like, what are your core values, right? Like, is your core value business ahead of family? Okay, well then like that's a decision. You know, you mentioned earlier, yeah. Stephen Covey. One of the stories I remember his daughter and him, they were in San Francisco and they had like a whole day planned and he ran into one of his clients. His client's like, we're going to this dinner and like, we'd love for you and your daughter to come. And Steven's like, no. And, he's like, and his daughter's like, I just say no to that because I've made a promise and commitment to you that we're going to go do this, go to this mm -hmm. adventure. And even like family is more important to me than work. And so yep. here's an opportunity. 
That's so good. Let's talk real quickly about you've been through a number of things. You've been through rehabilitating yourself. You've been through debt. You've been through, I'm sure, family challenges like most of us. So tell me a little bit about when things get hard for people, what's the one belief, value, or action you would recommend to others on their journey when things get hard? I mean, Many of us have spent down and we've lost a job, we've lost something, and it's woe is me and can spend months in depression or even years in the in the hard times and the victimhood of it all of what happened and it's all somebody else but is there something that you think what would you recommend right away for someone to get back and regulate after a hard moment so for me one of the main aspects is just mentors and and calling on my support network you know and it's really going back to like what are those core principles, right? Like what are the daily things that allow me to be successful? And and part of going through these struggles is like, you don't want to journal. You don't want to exercise. You don't want to eat clean. You don't want to pick up the phone, you know? And like we've discussed many times before, like part of it, like what is the conversation I'm having with myself? How do I become more gentle on myself? How do I not beat myself up? How do I be more patient? And all these are things that are very easy in practice, like very easy concepts, but very difficult in practice. And so especially when we're not feeling 100%, you know, how do we how do we love ourselves? And ultimately, like what we're talking about with the connection effect, how do we go back and connect? You know, and usually from my experience, like one of like something's off, something's off, right? Like it's a relationship, it's work, it's like there's something that I'm not willing to face. This is kind of transcends into the next question, which is I like to ask a lot of people because you see a lot of really smart people who are well accomplished. When people look in the mirror, what is something like that you might see on their reflection that they don't seem to be able to see in themselves in that mirror? What do you think that they're overlooking that or they're either ignoring or what do you think that is? I'm going to sp- business a little bit different. I was recently running an event with 30 of the top business leaders in the world, right? Like all running businesses over 5 million bucks up to, I think one of the guys had like a half billion dollar. And we asked the room who in here struggles with imposter experience. Like today's going to be the day they figure out I'm not as smart. I'm not as successful. And out of those 30 people, how many hands went up that they struggle with imposter experience, Trent? My guess is all 30. Did you get that, Gordy? Exactly. Yep. Every single hand went up. And so back to your question, we all struggle to see our own greatness. Like, and yeah. a different way is like what we're world class at, we think everyone can do. Like, I think everyone can connect. Oh, that's, that's easy. We know that. We know that's not. Well, we probably know in theory that that's true, that everyone could do it. But we also know that it's very intentional and a lot of work in a lot of distraction and a lot of temptation and a lot of pulling us a lot of different directions. So while it is what you said earlier, simple, it's not easy, right? It's simple. Like, hey, just put your phone down and connect, right? Like engage in the conversation. But if it were that easy, we'd all be doing it and we're not doing it. You copy me okay? And that like sometimes the easiest things are the most difficult. I would I think as a society and maybe covid has been a bit of a reset is what is really important. And what if we're doing all these things, is it really important? Is it essential? You know, back to the parental 
Pareto's principle, right? Like who are the 20% of your clients that drive 80% of your revenue? What are 20% of the activities that drive 80% of your revenue? And how to, you know, like I look at social media, I've gotten a couple of clients from social media, but like, like when I was doing a lot of speeches, that wasn't how I was getting speeches. Like I was getting speeches because I was reaching out to people like you. And I was like, hey, will you introduce me to EO Chicago Learning Chair? Okay. Yeah. Cool. It wasn't what I posted on Facebook. It was relationships. Referral. That's so good. What do you think? I mean, you've had a lot of success, Gordy. You've also had a lot of challenges. What's the best battle that you've conquered in your lifetime? Uh, That's an easy one. Next question. Uh, Just sobriety, the addiction. Okay. Right. Like now 11 years clean and sober and all, maybe not all the successes in my life because I had some successes before I started using drugs, but everything goes back to that decision. Right? Like working with, okay. with billionaires, you know, knowing cool people like you, it all comes back to my sobriety. Okay. And did you go through like a 12-step program to rehabilitate? Did you do anything different that was not normal, not the normal way? Nothing really about me is normal. Yeah. So I went to a treatment I center. I love about you. <laughs> in, uh, I went to a treatment center in San Francisco. That, so like when I went to... So it's kind of like an intro. It's almost like a two prong. I had like decided not to use drugs, but then I started struggling with mental health. And so I was taking some antipsychotics. So I went to a treatment facility to get off of those medications. And so it wasn't 12 based. I personally don't resonate with 12 step. Um, it only has about a 10% success rate. So uh, I, I like stacking the odds in my favor a little bit more. And that being said, sure. like it's helped millions of people get sober, millions. but also yeah, right. a lot of people haven't gotten sober with it. You know, you impacted enough lives. So my recovery program was kind of like throw everything at the wall and see what works and doesn't. And for me, like even now I spend two hours a day working on my recovery, right? And we could label that as, as personal development. We could label that as exercise, uh, meditation, mindfulness. So I had a very unconventional, but one of the aspects that I really love is Gabor Mate talks about this. It's like the question we're asking is why the addiction? When the question we should be asking is why the pain? And so how do we go in and deal with that pain? And how do we process process that? Which the journey I'm still on, right? Like it's part of yeah. I came to Peru to continue walking home and continue going within. Does the pain always precede the addiction? I haven't thought about it from that perspective. And so like, I think you could change the word pain with uh, trauma. Okay. But I, I would say from my experience, there is some kind of pain or trauma and we don't know how to deal with that. We don't know how to change the way that we feel. So we turn to these substances that make us feel okay. a little bit better, yep. right? Like whether it's social media addiction, whether it's alcoholism, Drugs, uh, just Netflix, X. Well, and, I, and I, when I look at the friends that I know, and I think there's very few people who I haven't seen in my life deal some level of addiction, whether it's food, you know, work, work. I mean, work's a common addiction that almost gets praised in our society, right? And it's a mask of some pain of regret. Uh, I find the pain of regret is very chronic. And I think about, you know, professional sports and someone who finally got that 1% opportunity to have a pro contract and the chance and really kind of mucked it up, right? And it's that woulda, coulda, shoulda pain of regret that I wish I would have done something different. And that pain becomes so strong that the addiction just numbs it for a while, right? Whatever the addiction they choose, it numbs that pain for a short period. The problem is you still wake up with me, you know, like I'm still back with me again and I still have the pain. So when until my next time I can numb it again, because it turns out the pain kind of follows me. I don't run from it. And my only chance is to numb it, right? So it doesn't work like I'd hoped it would. And yet, 
the cycle begins and ends and begins again. And it just kind of dog chasing the tail. Right. Yeah. As a lot of this conversation is how do we become best friends with ourselves? Right. And how do we be the advocate for ourselves? And this, I got this lesson during COVID is I did a three day water fast and silent retreat at the same time. Mm. So basically three days, not talking, and naughty. And my biggest takeaway from it is like, shit, I got to be best friends with myself. Like I'm not getting like this voice isn't going to go away. And I can either use that voice to be an advocate for myself, or I could use it to destroy myself. And Mm -hmm. even like, and knowing this and practicing this are two drastically different things. And so how do, how do we use it to our advantage? How do I love myself? How do I connect with myself? How do I, if something is going wrong, or not the way I want, how do I change? I love it. Awesome, Gordy. Share again your social media real quick. Yeah, so it's Gordon Bufton or email is gb at geniuscreators.org. But yeah, I'd love to hit me up with what you like from this conversation, what you didn't like from this conversation. If you're using technology a little bit less and just really you know, remember how to, how to connect. Love that. I had a couple of great things, you know, like in my notes here, the average of the five people you spend time with, right? Past is, you know, being lost in the past will create depression and the anxiety is lost in the future. The deep connection. And I know what we have to do really is all get your book, right? That's what we have to get is the, is the connection effect. Hold that up for us again. The connection effect, like being present, being genuine, actually caring for others, and I know that's so part of a program, you know, that's usually part of almost all addiction is that generosity and a connecting and caring for others, not about me all the time and developing that and then creating that stretch vision, that that 10x. And what do we really want? That stretch of moving something from like 80 to 20 hours. And how do you do that? Because it looks totally different. You're going to have to think in a different way. And then of course, why the pain? I love that question. Why the pain? Where is the pain from? And and really diving into that. And then finally, being best friends with yourself. Just all all really high quality advice for, for everyone out there. Follow the show on YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, we also have our podcast on all major networks, Apple, Spotify, Google Cast, all of the good ones, all the great ones. So whatever medium you're using, please follow us at the Leadershipity channel on YouTube. Uh, I am at Leadershipity or Trent M. Clark on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn is probably our biggest uh, handle and exposure. And of course, we are at leadershipity.com. Make sure that you look for our upcoming book, The Pyramid of Leadershipity, Accountability for Leaders. Super excited about this uh, project. DM or email me about this show. Anything you want me to connect you to, Gordy, happy to do it. Let me know what you think about this show. Please rate Winners Find a Way, five stars. Uh, We work hard to find value delivering stories from the top 1%, like Gordy just delivered with great stuff. Lastly, we're going to finish Gordy with when do you have a go-to verse or quote or something when things are challenging for you? Do you have something like that kind of verse that kind of a quote that kind of regulates you right away, like that sets you back into level ground and can balance you? Do you have something like that? I first read it when I was 16 years old at, it was like before school, it was, uh, it was actually a leadership uh, council. Be the change you wish to see in the world. I love that. Be the change you wish to see in the world. That's profound. So every week, Uh, on our show, I like to consider the guest that's coming on and I pray about this during the week and I get excited about who's coming in. And I was led this week to, you know, I'm a Bible reader, I'm a Christian guy, and I was led to Proverbs 
22 to 24 in what they call the 30 sayings of the wise. And man, this jumped out at me. Proverbs 23 saying number 12 or 23, 12. It says, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. And I mean, I just thought of you, like, I just thought like, man, like that's Gordy. Like he's applied his heart to this instruction. He instructs others. He's always learning. He's spunning. His ears are open to the words of knowledge. And yet you're also you have customers that their ears are open to your words of knowledge. And I just thought, man, that's so prevalent for what I always think of when I think about our relationship and our time together. I'm honored to call you friend, Gordy. It's been a, it's been a cool time over the last five, six years, getting to know you even better. And we met in a cool way, you know, halfway across the world. And uh, so I'm really blessed and thankful. And we, we've seen some crazy things in our relationship, right? Like, partners passing. I mean, some, some really bizarre things. And I think it's only furthered our relationship and authenticated the, the fact that challenges exist and we got to go through these things and, and we do them better together. So I'm thankful. It's been fun. Super grateful for you, how you show up in the world, how you show up in my life. So always, I always know I could call you and get a little bit of inspiration just by how uh, enthusiastic you are about life. Love it. We need more I love people it. like that. So. Thank you. For everybody else, please join us next week, every Friday, 1230 Eastern, 930 AM Pacific on the Winners Find a Way show. Broadcast on all the networks. Look for our Winners Find a Way show podcast on all the major networks. Please rate us five star, like us, subscribe us, and we'll see you next time on the Winners Find a Way show. Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need rebellious infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.